The world champion Dodgers have some world champion podcasts. Don't miss a chance to catch up on Dodger Talk by podcasting it on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Dodger Talk for new episodes every weekday and after each game. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Okay, here we go. Red Rogan and Jonas Knox in today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. We've got a big show. Just got back from Phoenix. Just got off the plane, so I'm raring to go. A lot to talk to. Uh, so I'm in the airport this morning. Southwest flight leaves at 9.05. Supposed to get back at 10.40. We were late. Anyway, I ran into one of Paul George's family members. I know this, this individual. I don't want to reveal who it is. And uh, this individual's wife. Known him for years. We start talking. I said, well, you know, you got to give him credit. You got to give him credit. They fought all the way to the end last night, Jonas. And he said, yeah, you got to make those shots. His family member said, yeah, you got to make those shots. So in the airport, the family member next to, you know, whatever that those stores are that you buy the neck pillows and the magazines that nobody reads, but they charge $15 over asking price for. You don't read Mademoiselle? No, I don't. I, listen, the the only stuff I get from the airport is a beer, maybe some fruit snacks, and uh, and something to hold me over, like a you know a bottle of water or something like that. Other okay. than that, everything's a rip off. And there was one time I bought a neck pillow from LAX, but that's a whole other conversation because I forgot mine because I was in a rush. But you're having a conversation with Paul George's family member, yes, and and you knowing the broadcaster you are and how you like to pry answers and uncomfortable answers out of people, you got Paul George's family member. To admit that Paul George, I mean, did he use the word choke? I mean, was that word used? Nobody uh, said choke. No, nobody said choke. Okay. All right, because it feels like that's what you were trying to get him to say. No, actually, I wasn't getting him to try to say anything. I I said, because I actually felt badly. I said, you know, hey, that was a great effort last night. They were there. They just couldn't put it away. I mean, you got to make those shots. Okay, okay. Here's, here's the thing, and I know you don't want to do this, but just you and I talking, nobody's listening right now, uh, so I want you to just, uh, you, you and I talking here, there's nobody hearing this conversation. Okay. Who, which family member was this? And you don't need to give me his name, just give me what his name rhymes with and what his Twitter handle is, or Instagram account, and then I'll take it from there. Okay, I like the idea. We're not yeah. doing that. I'm okay. Not, you know, that's what I kind of do to other people. All I right. try that exact same approach. Okay, because you know, it is a good approach. I mean, sometimes you'll get people into, uh, you know, into, you know, walking into, uh, you know, like an issue uh, that they run into later on, and they next thing you know, they start releasing some information, and then we get all the answers we possibly need, and we can fill a couple of segments on sports radio. I just want to know why you enticed Paul George's family member to throw him under the bus. I think he's heard enough. I think the playoff P, pandemic P, all the other jokes have been thrown around when it comes to Paul George let's not dismiss the fact he has had a pretty good stretch of games here for the LA Clippers and he's a large reason why the Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals and they still have an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals I'm with you I agree with you I mean I I was surprised that that was the reaction you got to make those shots I mean that was 
as devastating and heartbreaking as it was, and whether you like the Clippers or not, that was a great basketball game, and it, yes, was, it was a devastating loss for the Clippers. By the way, I told you I would look for Clipper fans, and I found them. There were Clipper fans there. Yeah, where at? Clipper mascot Daryl was there. Clipper okay. Daryl, team mascot, human mascot, walking around. How about a new coat, Clipper Daryl? Seriously. How about a new coat? Well, what I mean, listen, if the if it if it fits and it fits well, what's the problem? How do you know he doesn't have multiple coats? How do you know Clipper Daryl's not walking around with multiple coats, Fred? Why do you need to be so judgmental? Well, because if he is and they all look the exact, then they need to change. They they they're the exact. Anyway, I saw Clipper Daryl. Okay. And I saw three other people. Who's that? I don't know, but there were three people okay. that identified themselves as Clipper fans. That's nice. And I said to all of them, where is everybody? One guy said, well, everybody's waiting for him to get back home. I said, so you're representing for all of them? He goes, yes, that's what I'm doing here. And there was one person I met, and I can't remember his name, Jonas, uh, that listens. He's in Phoenix, and he listens on the app to our radio station all the time. So he hears you when you're on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, great. Uh, He hears you filling in here. Nice. He listens to Petros and Money. He listens to Rodney and me, and he comes up and he goes, I heard your voice. He doesn't even live here. He goes, I heard your voice. Yeah, that is you, isn't it? I said, yeah, you're from L.A.? He goes, no, I'm from Phoenix. I listen every day. So thank you very much. All right. Just and, listens on the app. And it meant so much to you. You forgot his name. That's great. That well, is, I couldn't know, really great, hear because I yeah. was in the midst of trying to get Clipper Daryl. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen, Clipper Daryl takes precedence over, uh, you know, the uh, the listener who uh, wanted to show you his loyalty to you. But it's good that you paid close enough attention that you completely forgot his name. So now he's listening, hoping he's going to get a shout out on the air. So whoever you are in Phoenix, uh, yeah, whoever in Phoenix listening to this right now. Now, do we want to just give him a name? I mean, uh, let's let, like who are some famous Clipper fans that we could do Billy Crystal? Uh, Anthony Kiedis. I mean, what are we talking about here? Let's I mean, call him Tim Barker. Okay, Tim Barker. All right, we'll go with uh, Tim Barker. I don't know who the hell that is, but uh, Tim Barker, if that is your name and Fred just remembered you uh, you know, uh, after the fact, I want to apologize in advance for what Fred did to you, uh, exposing you on the air for being a Clipper fan that w- wasn't worth his time or no, memory no, here. This, no, this guy was a Laker fan. But he was there because he lives in Phoenix. Oh, I got you. Okay, so just yeah. a, lo- a loyal listener to the show, which is right. more important than being a Clipper fan to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. All good. right. What you What'd you think of the game? Um, look, Paul George, that's a rough one. Uh, he's got to make those free throws. Uh, I think everybody understands that. Um, th- there's... Somebody asked me on Twitter. They said, "Oh, well, what's the excuse going to be for Paul George now?" I saw and that. You know, yeah. and it, it's like they wanted to expose me. And it's like, dude, have you not heard my overnight show? I mean, give me enough time. I'll come up with an excuse for anything. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, give me enough time. Don't worry about it. I got it. Why are the opposing team allowed to do all the gyrations on the side of the free throw line? Like, have you noticed that? It's gotten to the point to where everybody wants to talk about Giannis taking 10 seconds in between free throws and and whether or not you should be punished. And we want to make sure that everything is regulated correctly. But you've got members of the Phoenix Suns that are doing yoga poses and then all of a sudden go into convulsions as Paul George is trying to release the shot from the foul line. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses here, Fred, but I don't know how that's allowed. I don't know how we're going to 
allow that in, in the midst of all this chaos, and then we are just expect Paul George to go up there and knock down free throws. I think it's a problem, and I think the NBA needs to fix that, just like Major League Baseball tried to fix whatever the uh, sticky situation was. Yeah. I think the sticky situation in basketball is what the hell's happening with these opposing players on the foul line trying to distract players that are shooting free throws so that they miss them. And because of that, I think Phoenix should have been found in violation. Paul George should have been given at least one of those free throws. Therefore, we would have had a tie game. The other part of this that doesn't make any sense to me, apparently goaltending exists every single second of every single NBA game except for at the buzzer in a playoff game in Phoenix in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Like, why, why is that not, not called goaltending, but it is every single other por- portion of the game in any basketball game we ever watch? Okay, good. well, let me respond to that, and I, I think you did a great job yeah. laying out your philosophy. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, first, uh, the Suns players gyrating. Yeah. If you really watch the NBA now, it looks like an AAU tournament. It looks like a college game. Yeah. Those guys that are like the bench mob that never get to play in college. Now, now the guys that never get to play in the NBA do the exact same thing. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So we know that. Nobody is in Paul George's line of sight. They might be gyrating a little bit to his left, but nobody's in his line of sight. Come on, Fred. I, he... I think I think the crowd was a little louder and more troublesome than the gyration. Fred, you mean to tell me that a horse at Santa Anita doesn't see the carnival in the middle of the, of the infield when he's rounding the track? No, they wear blinders. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. No, no, you mean to tell me not one horse not at one. Santa Anita? All right. Get a horse on the line, and I promise you right now, the horse will tell you, yeah, I've seen somebody go on the merry-go-round while I'm trying to race around and win other people a bunch of money while I may or may not be on the gas. All right, so somebody get a horse. I don't know I don't know who we've got that can that can book that type of guest here. Kevin Figures is the best in the business when it comes to being an executive producer. I don't know if he can get a horse on from Santa Anita, but I can assure you a horse from Santa Anita will tell you it's a little bit distracting when we've got craft beer day and I'm trying to win some people a bunch bunch of money so that I can hopefully retire and just have sex the rest of my life. All right. Well, not such a bad life. But, Kevin, I've asked you to book a horse in the past. I've tried my best. You know, yeah. Wilbur won't pick up his phone. I'm trying to get Mr. Ed on the show, but it's really tough sled, and he's very much in demand. But I'll I'm, keep trying. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch Mr. of Mr. Ed, I think he's me. glue by now, wouldn't you think? Oh, my Come on, God. Man. How sorry. about that? Too soon? Can you believe that, everybody? I want Listen, I want to apologize uh, to any horse that's listening to this program right now uh, that uh, Ronnie Fascio just turned you into a stick of Elmer's glue that's on uh, refrigerators all across the country and all across Southern California as kids are trying to make school projects for their parents to get them uh, to smile a little bit during a pandemic. You know the thing apologize. that gets me about horses? I don't get it. They seem like they're happy, but they always have such a long face. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Come on. That is uh, that, that wasn't you know, bad. I would expect that something. from Rob Parker, not you. Fred. That wasn't yeah, bad. That, Come yeah, on that, now. That, now, we, now, we know why, <laughs> yeah, now we know why Newsom shut down the comedy store. It's just jokes like that. He saw what was coming around the corner. <laughs> oh, what God. if I get a centaur on the show? Would that work? He's half man, half horse? That'll work. Who do you have? I'll have to dig that up too. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, just just roll through the old school phone book. Uh, feels like it would be uh, it'd be the way to go. But Fred, the the idea that those that Paul George can't see those guys gyrating on the side. Come on, man. I mean, come on. Of course he can. Those guys are making a bunch of you know a bunch of you know motions and throwing their hands around and then stretching at the at the right time. You know, to kind of throw them off. I, I I think that's a violation. I think he should be given at least one of those free throws. And we're having a whole different conversation. And therefore, that would have ruined your opportunity 
opportunity to trash Paul George to one of Paul George's family members yeah. in the Phoenix airport afterwards. Yeah, well, A, I didn't trash anybody. As a matter of fact, I think I was pretty complimentary. Uh, the other side of it is, no, they're not giving him an extra foul shot because people are gyrating. No, don't give an extra foul shot. Just may, you know, rule that one of those was good. Yeah, that's a good idea. They're not yeah. going to do it. No, I mean, look, I, mean, I, just, I, I think it's what's fair for everybody involved. And look, anybody out there yeah. that's ever shot baskets at a carnival, you know it's a difficult enough task to begin with. That's because the rim is so small, Jonas. Yeah, okay, but we don't need to make it even more difficult when the guy working the, the, uh, the, you know, the basketball shot at the carnival yeah. who doesn't care about being there, he's just glad he's not in prison for another five hours, that that guy's waving around a giant not, stuffed animal. All right, not everybody that works at the carnival has been in prison. Okay, well, I like to round up, Fred. All right, so <laughs> if we're calling 60%, I'm going to call it 100% because it makes the story better, all right? So when you got that guy, all right, all right that, that convict who's waving around a giant stuffed animal trying to distract you from being able to make a shot, and, and you go to the carnival, and it's like two shots for $5. It used to be like four for five. Now they've just slowly uh, dropped that price down. Uh, so now it's three for five or two for five, depending on where you go. All you need to do is make one. You're trying to figure out how you're going to do it on an oval rim, and you got that guy with a giant dog stuffed animal from uh, you know from like uh, you know Turner and Hooch, one of those giant mastiffs with, with slobber all over his face, and he's waving it around like, "Come get your ride here! You can get a big stuffed animal and take it home to the missus if you could." How are we supposed to make a shot there? I feel Paul George's pain. I know what it's like to walk up to a carnival basketball shot and knowing I'm up against it here because this guy's going into convulsions and I'm trying to make money and I'm trying to you know make a, win a stuffed animal for somebody. I get it. I feel for Paul George. I think he should have been given one of those shots. Thus, tie game because apparently goaltending is allowed you know, to it in playoff games. If any carnies are listening, carnival workers that were offended by the uh, assertion by Jonas Knox, that you will go to prison or have been in prison, please call. I'd like to hear from a carnival worker yeah, that and, has not been in prison. Yeah, and if we could kill two birds with one stone here, if you're next to a horse, hand the phone over because yeah, we'd like that. to hear from them too. Okay, now what happened on that that lob and that dunk, Mark Jackson said that's a live ball. It wasn't a shot. So apparently if it's not a shot, it's a live ball. And if as I saw the replay and where I was seated, I mean I saw it live, I saw the replay later. It to me it looked like the ball was not in the cylinder. I could be wrong because I, I I saw the replay very briefly. You guys got to watch it on TV. But to me the story was Monty Williams, after another review, which we'll talk about, kind of gave him an extra timeout to set up another play. Phoenix retained possession. Monty Williams drew up a great play. They had Devin Booker screen Zubots in the middle. Zubots just got hammered last night. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. Yeah. And terrible. and the problem is Phoenix is so fast and so athletic that, I mean, you are going 100 miles an hour from the very beginning. What happens to old Zubats? Well, he got screened by Devin Booker in the lane. Yeah. It allowed DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton to come around. Boom. And the game was over. It was a magnificent play. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, apparently moving screens are also allowed. You know, late in playoffs. Well, there was a question about that. Yeah, you know, apparently, apparently that's allowed. I mean, you know, it's it's never allowed any other time during the course of a game, but apparently we're going to do that. Which, you know, I will say this. I mean, it it is it is a bummer anytime an excuse goes out the window. So now that we've seen the Phoenix Suns win a game and they are a Chris Paul team with Scott Foster as the official, now people are going to have to come up with some other tired excuses to why Chris Paul can't get it done in the postseason, and they can't blame it on Scott Foster anymore.
anymore. I'm glad you bring this up. By the way, I'm glad you brought up Scott Foster. Yeah. No, because this is something I know you don't see on TV. And I don't think I've ever seen this in my life. And I've been going to NBA games a long time. All right, time out. TV, they go to commercials. Jonas, I've never seen this. And maybe if, if you have been to a game this year, you have seen it. During a regular season or the playoffs, I know exactly where you're going. Can I try and guess this before you before you say it on the air? Guess. Let me guess. Scott Foster, you saw him on a betting app placing a wager on the game during a timeout, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you, Fred? Come on, Fred. Didn't you? No, I did not. Okay, I did not. All right. But no, what no, I did no. see, and it's the first time I've ever seen it. Timeout. The players and coaches are having full conversations with the officials. Normally, the officials just walk out to a position on the court and stand there and stare at each other. They were having drawn-out, full conversations. Both teams, players, talked to Scott Foster, talked to, uh, I think it was Kane Fitzgerald. I can't remember the third official. They're having full conversations. I've never seen that before. And the officials are listening. They're explaining why they called what they did. And I thought, when NBA players say the officials don't, don't listen to them, these were full, drawn-out conversations and with multiple people involved on both sides. I've never seen that in my life. Yeah, it, it did feel like, uh, and there was one point during the broadcast, I don't know if you got a chance to see this or you were too busy being offered weed uh, outside the arena like you were the night before, uh, but there was at that one point... That guy did not come back. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, because he's got bigger problems to try and worry about. He was trying to make a little bit of money on some marijuana because you were being a cheapskate and you wouldn't purchase any. Now he's got to go try and you know, uh, figure out some other way to make some cash. No, his connection, Alex Caruso, got arrested. Oh, my God. I, I mean, how could you <laughs> do that how how could you do that you're gonna throw alex caruso under the bus man i mean you of all people i'm not um, throwing him under the bus all right i mean just i mean you know manny marijuana over there now you're gonna sit in judgment over alex caruso getting popped for a little bit of grass yeah you know uh, me I, i'm big into the weed yeah well i mean listen i i don't even know what they think i'm still calling it hippie lettuce and i feel like that's a 40 year old term <laughs> you know I, I, I have no idea what it's called either but they were showing Scott Foster as he was going to yet another replay down the stretch in that game, and he was almost laughing. Like, I think they just loved it. The game, first it was a great basketball game. Whichever side of the fence you were on, it was everything you could possibly want out of a sporting event, especially a sporting event that played out on television or in person. Because you got to see great basketball, great plays, a wild finish, uh, clutch shots, not so clutch shots, um, great coaching. Um, you got to see some altercation, some physicality. They're saying Devin Booker's nose isn't broken. Okay, man, I, it, it, it looked like a chicken nugget. I mean, if we're going to be truthful about it, that his nose looked destroyed afterwards, but I digress. And then you also got to see some questionable calls Going to replay, a lot of people debating whether or not they get a call right, get a call wrong. It was the perfect televised basketball event for for people out there. So if you're ESPN, you've got to be happy. But if you're a Clipper fan, you're bummed out. And if you're one of those Scott Fosters out to get Chris Paul uh, conspiracy theorists, that goes out the window because now the 11-game streak in which Chris Paul teams have lost Scott Foster-officiated games is now out the window. It's a wrap, Fred. I, I thought I, I just thought it was magnificent to watch. Um, and uh, look, if 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 you are a Clipper fan, I would take solace. They have hung with these guys twice, and trust me, Phoenix is immeasurably faster and more athletic. Yeah, but those guys are lightning fast. 
Cameron Payne, oh, good God. He might be the fastest guy I've seen play in a long time. He's fun, man. He Cameron, is fun. Cameron Payne is a lot of fun to watch. But the Clippers hung with him. They hung with him. I said this, Jonas, when the Lakers played Phoenix. I said if Anthony Davis and LeBron were healthy, this is just me, and I'm a guy from Phoenix, I would have taken the Lakers. I think the Lakers would have beat him. I think if Kawhi Leonard was healthy, given that the Clippers have hung with him like this, I think if Kawhi Leonard is healthy, I think the Clippers would beat him. And I'm not saying it still won't happen because the Clippers have them exactly where they want them. The Clippers are down 0-2. They don't start playing until they're down 0-2 in the playoffs. So now we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Were you concerned about the number of replays? No. Like, you, know what, you know what? This this whole thing is is crazy to me. You get people who haven't had sports for all these months, and then a game goes a little bit longer, and everyone's like, oh, my God, can we just speed this up? Can, can we just speed what? Because another 10 minutes is going to ruin your life? Like, come on, man. Like, the, You know what this is? This is for the people on the East Coast. I call it the law offices of bitch and moan. And they like <laughs> to complain constantly about whether the game goes too late because they've got to get to bed. And they, Let me tell you something. I did OutKick on Fox Sports Radio this morning. I was up at midnight, got a workout in, and did a show with Brady Quinn. I wasn't complaining because of a two-hour nap because I needed to see the end of that game. That was fantastic basketball. This is the the business we've chosen this is part of the deal you need to just deal with it wear it out and, and understand this is how this works the game went on a little bit longer because they wanted to make sure they get the calls right and and also on this the ball that was knocked out and and then it was overturned and they said that it was last touched by devin booker the people out there that are complaining that they got the call wrong when the replay clearly shows the ball last touched devin booker's hand when it went out what do you want? You want them to get the call right, and then they get the call right, and you're like, ah, I don't know about all that. And, you know, this, this whole replay thing is ruining sports. The point of replay is to make sure there are no mistakes. There are jobs on the lines. There's careers on the lines. There's contracts on the line. They get the call right. It clearly shows the ball last touched Devin Booker's hand, clear as day, and before it went out of bounds. And you've got people complaining about replay. It's like if I were to go to you, Fred, and say, hey, man, Hire a private investigator. I think my wife's fooling around on me. Yeah. And you hire a private investigator, and then there's video surveillance of her disappearing into the back with the neighbor's dog. And I tell you, you know what? On second thought, I think that's way too intrusive, Fred, and I'm offended you would even approach me with that. No, no, no. I want to know whether or not she's fooling around, whether it's a neighbor's dog or the mailman or the guy across the street. Don't provide me with evidence that tells me the truth, and then I back away and go, well, this is really bad for what we're trying to get done here. Man, enough with that crap. They got the call right. Stop complaining about it. Your wife really doesn't visit the neighbor's dog. I, I hope. How would I know? I'm always on the air. All right, well, we're off and running. Later this hour, we're going to have a little Know Your Squad. Today, the squad is the Dodgers. And coming up next, on the topic of the Dodgers, David Vasse will join us, and perhaps he will shed some light on what in God's name is wrong. <laughs> San Diego, move on. We've come for the NL West. Lay low. In fact, lay down. You can either lay down now or wait till September when you inevitably will do it anyway. Good luck getting through, pal. Although you have been doing a pretty good job of laying down lately. Zing! Morongo Casino Dodgers on Deck kicks off at 6 p.m. on the home of your world champion, Dodgers. 
AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. All right. Jonas Knox sitting in again for Rodney. We really appreciate you doing this, by the way. Are you kidding? Man, I, I appreciate you guys having me. I can't believe you actually want me to do it. So I'm always honored and taken back when you guys uh, ask me to come on and be a part of the show. Well, you're welcome anytime. And of course, a contributor on Going Rogan, although I don't know why you haven't been on recently. Well, I mean, we are uh, in negotiations to become, uh, you know, be back on Going Rogan soon. You know, I'm having a conversation with, um, you know, Jared behind the scenes, uh, your producer, and uh, we're having negotiations. I told him how hurt I was, and I said, um, you know, for whatever reason, Fred didn't want me back on. Um, um, and uh, and I don't know if it's because I wear the same suit every time I come on, but you know, point being, I felt a little insulted, and so I thought, all right, well, you know, is there something I can do? And so we are in negotiations. It feels like it's going smoothly, and you know, could be happening again soon. Do you wear the same suit? Oh, probably. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, and I don't have many suits, Fred. I'm well, not really a suit guy. I didn't realize that. I mean, yeah. we're going to have to address that pretty quick. The home of the Dodgers. With an inside look at the Dodgers, this is the Vassay Report with David Vassay. Brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. All right. Well, since it is the Vassay Report, <laughs> we better have David Vassay on. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, I'm in Phoenix last night watching the Clippers lose to the Suns. What was more painful to watch, do you think? The Clippers lose to the Suns or the Dodgers lose again to the Padres? Oh, Fred, you're not going to put me in that spot. The Clippers are great partners with AM570 LA Sports. There he is. I would have to say, say, uh, watching the Clippers lose in the fashion they did was more painful if you're a Clipper fan. I'm not sure how many are out there, but for those that are. (laughs) Well done. He he knew what you were trying to do, uh, uh, Rogan. He knew what you were trying to do. You were trying to paint him into a corner, and he wasn't going to allow that to happen. Well done. All right, well, Dave, what did happen then? (laughs) Well, uh, left-hander was on the mound, and the Dodgers have not hit lefties at all this season. Uh, They're back to where they were in 2018 against lefties. Outside of Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, and Albert Pujols, they really, and Max Muncy, they really, as a team, have not done well against lefties. They're hitting about 220 against them. And Blake Snell, they helped them out. Nomar Garcia-Para was our guest last night on Dodger Talk, and Snell threw five scoreless innings, and he felt like the Dodgers really helped him out by swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. So that was uh, that was the dilemma last night. They left 10 men on base. They had a golden opportunity in the eighth inning to get to that Padres bullpen, but Will Smith grounded into a fielder's choice double play, which ended their rally. And in the ninth inning last night, guys, um, Mark Melanson, who is not a surefire closer, despite what the numbers say, um, he was elevating his pitches, and Justin Turner just missed on an extra base hit to right field. It hung up in the air just a little too long. Uh, unless, it, And if it wasn't for that, they would have gone to extra innings. So all in all, you know, I know a lot of people are emotional over these games, but uh, the Padres have done the things to win these first two, and the Dodgers are going to have to try to have to figure out their starting pitchers because they've only scored nine runs against San Diego starters in nine games. 
Dave, when you hear people say things like, well, they've got their number, the Padres have the Dodgers number, do you think it's just as simple as that, or matchups right now are dictating how these games have gone the past, this series and then the uh, the previous one at Dodger Stadium? Jonas, I would say the Padres match up really well against the Dodgers. They have had no answer for you, Darvish. Um, he's shut them down in three different starts, and he struck out 29 Dodgers, including 11 the first night. And they have Blake Snell, a lefty, and like I just mentioned, the Dodgers don't do well against them. And then you look offensively, they run wild on the Dodgers. They take advantage of their weakness, which is their pitchers not holding runners on very well. The Padres stole two more bases last night. They've stolen 22 in the nine games that they have played already this year. And Trevor Bauer uh, has acknowledged that it's a big weakness in his game of not holding runners on. So if the Padres get runners on against Bauer tonight, expect more of the same. Dave, what has it been with Dodger pitchers? That's a great point. Yeah, if you get on, it's like a track meet if you choose to run. Why are the Dodgers not better at holding guys on? It's one of those lost arts, Fred. It's all over baseball um, where – there's not been a lot of stolen bases around the game, and pitchers have not focused on on holding runners. So I feel like it's one of those lost arts in this three true outcomes analytic world of baseball. Dave, there's a uh, so obviously the uh, Padres and Dodgers will have another series after this one that comes up uh, in August at Dodger Stadium, and and I say this because I can recall this. And full disclosure, I grew up a Cubs fan. I'm very well aware of how obnoxious Cubs fans can be, especially after the World Series, because they thought they were going to be a dynasty, and instead they've been an armpit fart in the world of Major League Baseball and beyond. And you have pointed out Cub fans were really obnoxious after they started winning. Uh, and just how annoying they were when you would go on these road trips. So that being said, Dodger fans have got to get a little bit of revenge and have got to really make it difficult when the Padres come back to Dodger Stadium in August. Because I would imagine that fan base has been nothing but obnoxious, especially these two games and the way that they've gone and fired up for another potential sweep. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time that I've been coming here and I've been coming here since uh, 08 consistently, uh, that Padre fans have not sold their tickets to Dodger fans, and this is an actual <laughs> hostile environment. Um, and that's the way it should be when you go to a, a division rival. And, uh, you know, they're a really good team, and the beat L.A. chance the last two nights have been awesome. And that's what you expect when you go on the road. Um, so, yeah, these Padre fans um, – they're still learning the game of baseball. I think a lot of them are new to the game of baseball because they haven't been showing up consistently. They got these brand-new shirts and jerseys. So I feel like it's a learning process for this Padres fan base, but they're enjoying every second of it. Dave, can we uh, now dispel the myth that these games are more important or more um, – the, the Padres consider these games more important than the Dodgers. Don't you think the Dodgers need to consider these games pretty important? They do in the mere fact, Fred, that these games are essentially worth two games in the standing. Right. Uh, you lose to a division rival, it's worth two games. And they've already played nine. And they've lost this series already. So, yeah, these are significant games. And I don't think the Dodgers have taken the Padres lightly. They know they're a good team. They know they play with a lot of emotion. They just haven't had an answer for the Padres starters. And that's concerning, especially... Right now, if the playoffs started, it would be the Dodgers and Padres in a one-game playoff. And 
that would be concerning if you're the Dodgers considering how poorly they've done against San Diego pitching this year. Dave, do they at least treat you with respect when you go to these games? I mean, you, at this point, you've been covering the team long enough that, that you're basically a celebrity. People see the locker room celebrations after the Dodgers win division titles and NLCSs and all that. I mean, when you go to San Diego, are they at least treating you with respect? Because I know they're not treating the Dodger players with much respect. <laughs> no, you know what? I, um, I walk the concourses. I see a couple of Dodger fans that listen, and it's great to see them, but uh, Jonas, one thing you got to learn, I, I don't get respect anywhere I go. I just have to <laughs> have my own self-respect, which sometimes is fleeting. Dave, all right, you have episode 13 of the podcast coming up? Yeah, it's dropped today, Fred. Paul Canerco, uh, the great White Sox player, started his uh, career with the Dodgers, drafted in the first round in 1994, one of the four Dodgers that got away in the late 90s. And we talked about his time, the trade in the middle of a game at Candlestick Park. So it's a fun conversation with a guy that, along with Adrian Beltre, Pedro Martinez, and Mike Piazza, should have stayed in a Dodger uniform their entire career. Was Pedro Martinez, I'm trying to remember, was he traded for Delano DeShields? He was. They said he was too small, Fred. How did that work out? Yeah, it didn't work out well. But Delano DeShields could play a little bit. Uh, with the Expos on that AstroTurf, <laughs> but once he got to real grass, he couldn't. I, I miss the Expos, man. Like I, I don't know what it is about that hat and that logo. That just reminds me of 1980s baseball. I don't know what it is. I miss the Expos. You might well. I think people miss the Expos and the idea of the Expos, Jonas. But then they think back to Olympic Stadium in Montreal and Boises Alou tearing up his knee on that concrete astroturf, and then everybody starts to miss them a little bit less. Yeah, and, and then Andre Dawson's career getting uh, you know cut short. Now he's running a funeral home uh, instead yeah. of uh, yeah. you know, doing things in baseball. Right. Yeah. He's very good you at. You know, Rick bombing. Monday can't. Rick Monday still can't go back to Montreal because of that home run he hit in 1981. <laughs> Good for True. Yeah, well, people have long memories. All right, Fred. I'm going back to lunch in Little Italy, so we'll uh, see you later. All right, goodbye, Dave. There he goes. David Vassay, Dodgers again tonight here on AM570. And uh, Dave's podcast, episode 13, is dropped with Paul Canerco. All right, so you think you're so smart. You really know. You think you know, but you don't know? Well, let's find out. Today we're going to play Know Your Dodgers. That's the squad. 866-987-2570. First caller, you call. Kevin will pick you up, put you right on the air, and you're playing Jonas and Ronnie. All right. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon yeah. delight. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm talking about it. Today's afternoon delight. Birthday. My young Bane. Teflon Don. <laughs> yeah, you know. Two teamed up to release this song along with a music video over the weekend. Bane gears up to release his debut solo album in the near future. In a recent post, I checked it. The London native expressed his gratitude towards his growing fan base and expressed how he much appreciated veteran singer-rapper Steflon Don for assisting him on this track. Today's afternoon delight... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Birthday by Young Bane, featuring Stefan Don. By the way, if you ever wondered what it would sound like if Rick Moranis was presenting an award at the Source Awards, 
Thank you to Kevin for letting Fred do after nine delight, afternoon delight the last three days. <laughs> Should have him do it every time. <laughs> but what you don't understand is I am a fan of all the music. I mean, I can't tell you how long I've been a fan of Steflon Don. <laughs> how have you been? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got any more tracks or is that you like? You know, that's my vibe. I, I don't I don't even want to single anything out. Oh, okay. Got anything it. by the Steflon man is good for me. Like LeBron talking about <laughs> the Godfather. Oh, there's so many iconic lines. I just can't name one. Right. Got you. That's right. Me and LeBron, you know what? We, we, we spit the truth. <laughs> Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Know your squad. All right, keep listening for your chance to win tickets to games three and four at Staples Center for the Clippers. Is this? Are we giving tickets today? Today, oh. a pair for game three. Yes. Oh, we're giving tickets away today. We are for the game tomorrow night at Staples. Center. Sure are. Yep. All right, let's do it, Clipper Nation. It's your chance to support your LA Clippers during the twenty-one Western Conference Finals. Secure your seats for the remaining games. Go to Clippers.com/tickets. All right, Daniel and Duarte, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you ready to go? Definitely. All right, it's Know Your Squad. In Know Your Squad, I'll read a question and give you five answers. Let me give you all five answers before you answer. If you answer too soon, you get locked out of that question, okay? Sounds good. Jeez, a bit punitive, don't you think? Well, no, I mean, we have to have rules. Without rules, we have chaos. I agree. All right. <laughs> Ronnie, you ready to go? I am ready, Fred and Jonas. Let's play. Let's go. Don Sutton holds the franchise record for most career strikeouts. Who is second in Dodgers history in career strikeouts? Don Drysdale, Clayton Kershaw, Sandy Koufax, Dazzy Vance, or Bagger Vance? Sandy Koufax. Bagger Don Drysdale. It is no good. Clayton Kershaw. I'm going to go with. Clayton Kershaw's right. Clayton Kershaw. All right. Ronnie got it. All right, so here's the deal, Daniel. You did get Clayton Kershaw, but Ronnie yelled it out first. So after I give you all the choices, just yell it out, okay? Oh, sorry about that. No, no. You got it, but you were just a little late. I'm, I'm trying to give you a tip so you can get it first. Hey, Daniel, I want to apologize uh, for Fred attacking you on the air like this. I'm sorry. No, no worries. I got you for the next round. I got you. Okay, cool. W- was I attacking or was I helping? Uh, attacking. I was not. It's a great point. <laughs> Sorry you had to find out like this, Fred. <laughs> Fred's cranky. He got a red eye. Who is this guy? It's all downhill after the afternoon delight. <laughs> Anytime you go with Stefan Don, nothing <laughs> compares. All right, Max Muncy leads the Dodgers and walks this season with 48. Who's second on the team and walks with 38? Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, or Chris Griffith? Chris Taylor. Ronnie. Mookie Betts. All right. Uh, first, can I? I would like to file a complaint. Please. I was going to say Chris Taylor and Ronnie read off my paper. Okay, first of all, that's not true. How do you know it's not true? Because he can't see your paper. I mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting right across from you, Fred. Are you trying to say that I'm not in studio with you? I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm overlooking beautiful Burbank, California. I can see your mansion in Toluca Lake from the studio here, and you're trying to make it seem like like Ronnie can't see my paper? Okay, and that confirms that was not true. The first part is I do not live in a mansion. And the second part is, if you were trying to see my house from this very studio, you could not because the building blocks. Okay, well, I mean, you know, we, we can debate this off the air. Okay. Yeah. Here's your next one. Adrian Gonzalez was the opening day starter at first base for the Dodgers from 2013 to 2017. 
Which of these men was the opening day first baseman for the Dodgers in 2018? Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, Logan Forsythe, David Freeze, or Mr. Freeze? David Freeze. David Freeze. No, Cody Bellinger. Logan yes. Forsythe. Cody Bellinger. Damn it. Bellinger. Ronnie, that was you again. It was. And you were just a little late, Daniel. What about me, Fred? You were not remotely close. Thank you. You were not even in the ballpark. So now we have three to go. Ronnie, you know, it's it's highly unusual, Daniel and Jonas. We don't often get the perfect game pitch. We don't often have... It's only happened twice. Yeah. And Rodney did it both times. So Ronnie is en route to the perfect game. Uh, but Daniel, you can foil him here. So here we go. Notice I didn't mention you. Yeah, I know. I, I caught that. Thank you. I'm yeah. just uh, just keeping score here. I want to, want to know where I, where I fit in on all this. You want to write that down your Walmart 88-cent pad? All right. There's more criticism. All right. Here we go. We can continue on here. We can play this game. I mean, this, this is easy for me. There you go. More complaints. Criticism. Uh, which of these pitchers holds the club record for most shutouts in a single season with 11? Sandy Koufax, Don Sutton, Tim Belcher, Al Downing, or Will Downing? Don Sutton. Al Downing. Who'd you have, Daniel? Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax Sandy is right. Oh, Way to ruin a perfect game, man. Jeez, Sorry, Ronnie. You're on the board, Daniel. Good job. Hey, you got one. There you go. Lays down a bunt in the eighth inning of a perfect game. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know what? You don't believe in that, do you? Actually, no. I think it's funny. I, I do. I do think that's funny. I just got Hanley the, Ramirez. Yeah, the the bunt is part of the uh, is part of baseball, and uh, and and the people are like, oh, come on, man. We want to have a perfect game. Yeah, just you you want us to have a perfect game as long as we swing the bat as you want want us to swing the bat. Come on now. All right. <laughs> Which of these players was not traded to the Braves for Matt Kemp prior? To the 2018 season. Scott Kazmir, Adrian Gonzalez, Curtis Granderson, Brandon McCarthy, or Joseph McCarthy? Adrian Gonzalez. Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson, it is Jonas. Yes! Yeah, I'm bored. Adrian McCarthy. No, it's, it, that one's already done. <laughs> Daniel, that one's done. It, the answer was Curtis Granderson. But that's okay. There's one more question. And right now, if you get it, you're going to finish second which will be an incredible accomplishment and something we will admire greatly. So good luck. Here we go. Who holds the franchise record for most intentional walks in a single season with 29? Matt Kemp, Cody Ballinger, Duke Snyder, Pee Wee Reese, or Pee Wee Herman? Duke Snyder. Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Reese. Jonas. <laughs> I could have swore he said Pee Wee Herman. I did. I said Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, so Daniel said Pee Wee Reese. Daniel, you got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, can I, can I explain myself here? I thought I thought the question was who's been arrested more times outside a movie theater. Oh. Okay, that, so, so I want to apologize. I was confused and I got confused here on the air, so I apologize to everybody. But Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, you got it. Congratulations, hey, great job. Please. Thank you, please. All right, so here's the way it ends up today. Ronnie wins. Good job, Ronnie. Thank you, Fred. Daniel, a very close second. And Pee Wee Jonas. <laughs> By the way, third. not the most timely cr- uh, crime to reference. You might want to do a Google search of Pee Wee Herman in the movie theater. I'll just say that. But that yeah. was still really funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he had a he had a bad day. Yeah, yeah, a few. <laughs> Daniel, uh, thank you for listening to the show and thank you for being a part of it. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for appreciate it.